You know what the scariest thing is? To not know your place in this world. To not know why you're here. That's... It's just an awful feeling. Surprise, Maestro. It is quiz time for you. Are you ready for your question? Now, wait a second. You didn't tell me anything about a quiz. Well, you know, the Bible says to be ready to be to be ready to give an answer at all times. Well, so whether you are expecting it or not. Oh, this is like school. This is what well, clear is your a, desk. Get out a piece of paper and a pencil. Now, that's it. I would never require you to clear your desk because my desk that's is good. never clear. <laughs> so as long as we can agree on that, then we can have a little bit of fun. Here, Here is the question, Maestro. Okay. When was the last time you went to a funeral? Ooh. Um, I think about uh, I think about three years ago. About three years ago. I okay. believe. All right. Do you, and question number two, who do you think funerals are really for? Well, I've heard that they're for the living, those that are still here. That is a good answer. You passed the test. That's how I'm figuring my funeral out. I'm figuring it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're not going to be there, and therefore it won't matter to us. It is definitely for the living. And before I tell you why I'm talking about funerals on the Career Callings radio show, let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Robbie Romeiser. I'm your host here for Career Callings where we seek to help people avoid the financial and emotional pain of a bad career decision by helping them find, prepare for, and pursue the work God created them to do. You can join us by phone or text at 864-381-7649. That's 864-381-7649. Or by email at Robbie at careercallings.net. That's R-O-B-B-I-E at career. Callings.net. The reason I wanted to launch off the show today with the topic of funerals is that I, I attended my most recent funeral just a couple of days ago. There was an elderly lady in our church who passed away, and she and her family were, uh, she and her daughter and, and son-in-law are all in my deacon group. So we were uh, had the opportunity to, to minister unto them during that time, both inside or during and outside the funeral. And uh, she was 86 when she passed away. Interesting thing I learned about her that I did not know, shame on me, prior to the funeral, is that she got saved at the age of 70. So she lived most of her life as a non-Christian, but uh, the last 16 years or so as a child of God. And just whenever I go to a funeral, and I I told this to my oldest daughter uh, the uh, the other day as well, every time I go to a funeral, I do find it very instructive for myself. Not only because of the opportunity to learn more about the person who had passed away, but also as an opportunity to reflect upon how I'm using my own time. You know, we get so bogged down 
in the pursuit of the day-to-day struggles of life that a lot of times we forget to realize how important it is that we redeem the time we have for the Lord. And that's in every aspect of life, including our careers. And as I looked at uh, this lady's uh, picture, when she was probably in her late teens, early 20s, she's a beautiful young woman, and and just in a snapshot of time, she's 86 and passed away. And I had that same kind of impact on me years ago when my mother passed away. She passed away in May of 2011, so it's been you know quite a long time since then. And I remember clearing out my mother's stuff with my sister and my stepfather uh, after she passed away and going through some old things. And, and when we went through that stuff, we found some old paperwork, and I found a, you know, a, a, a report card from kindergarten uh, and another report card from a young elementary school girl and then a diploma for a high school girl. And all those were things were, were my mother's. And it just reminds me, reminded me at that time that you know, she died at age 65, but in a snapshot of time, she went from being a little girl about the same age as my youngest daughter, who's 10, to a 65-year-old passing away in just a snapshot of time. So when you, when you attend a funeral, that kind of thinking at least comes to me, may or may not come to you, but it certainly makes me reflect and brings me back to a question I've often asked myself and I've often asked other people. What do you want people to remember about you after you've gone, after you've passed away? And a follow-up question to that is, can they say, I redeemed my time for the Lord's glory? Or was I pursuing my own passions and purposes? You know, there's there's two things I want to kind of bring all this to when, when it comes to discussing the career calling that we always talk about on the Career Callings radio show. You know, you're going to have two things, at least I think you're going to have two things that people are going to notice about you at your funeral. Number one, how did you impact the people around you? And number two, what was your purpose in living? And no doubt this this lady who passed away and uh, when she had made a huge impact on her family we had we heard testimonials from grandchildren and knowing her daughter and son-in-law i, I know what kind of impact she made on them and the question then is did, did, did we use whatever venue that god has placed us in to influence people for christ and and are we being willing to be used of him whether it's in the career setting or whether it's in uh, some other setting outside the career. That's that's question number one. What kind of impact that we have on people? And by the way, you may not be in your career calling right now as you might think it is supposed to be. You might be in a job you don't like. You might be in a job that you don't feel like you're supposed to be in the rest of your life. But that doesn't mean that you can't be used of God right then and there. Let's be honest. Joseph was not terribly excited to be a slave to Potiphar. I'm sure Joseph was not terribly excited to be in charge of the prison. He may or may not have been excited to be second in command to Pharaoh. I don't know about that one, but between the three, I think it's probably a little bit more fun to be second in command to Pharaoh than to be in jail or be a slave. But nonetheless, he was willing to be used of God in each of those situations. My question to you is right now today, whether or not you're in a job that you like, do you see that job? as a calling to fulfilling God's, uh, fulfill God's purposes and reaching out to the people that you can impact today. Maybe tomorrow he'll move you into a job that is not only something or, or some place where you can impact other people for Christ, but that you could also enjoy it as well. 
But today, where you are, are you making an impact for the Lord's glory? Are you serving people, comforting people, encouraging people, sharing the gospel when you have the opportunity? How are you using your current career as your mission field? Number two, when people are attending my funeral, I often think when I'm attending someone else's funeral, I think to myself, well, what what will they see as my purpose in life? What will they have recognized my purpose in life to have been? For example, not only from my familial standpoint, when I, how I interact with my family, my church, but in my job, will they have seen me just uh, working for the money? Or will they have seen my work as a purposeful, purpose-filled mission field? Now, I don't know of any better contrast to that than what I'm about to throw out now. At least it's the only contrast that, that I think is going to articulate it as well as I'd like to articulate it, and that's Paul. The Apostle Paul did two things. He was a tent maker as well as who he was as an apostle. What if he had just focused on his work, earning the money as a tent maker? You know, I don't know how, what kind of money tent makers made back in the day, but I got to believe if he spent as much time tent making as he did preaching and studying the Word of God, he probably would have made a whole lot more money as a tent maker. If he had died and people had attended his funeral under those circumstances, they might have said, oh, Paul was a great tent maker. But that's not what happened because what happened was Paul used tent making to fund what he understood was his true career calling, which was the pursuit of God's purposes, the sharing of the gospel, the discipling of God's people. And now I can imagine if I was attending Paul's funeral way back when, my thought process would not have been, what a great tent maker. It would have been, what a servant for Christ. And as we look at our careers that we're in now and the careers that we think God wants to send us in the direction of, uh, how would yet that career relate to that same kind of perspective? Will people say, oh, you were just a great, you fill in the blank, or will they say you were great in that as you used that venue to reach other people for Christ? You know, we don't have a lot of time. It's, it's over in the blink of an eye. And we just need to remember that as we go about determining what to do today and tomorrow in our careers, maybe we're exactly where we need to be, and that's between you and the Lord. That's perfectly fine. Use that career the way God wants you to use it for the people you're interacting with today. But if you feel a yearning to do something different, if you feel the Lord pulling you in a different direction, there are a lot of reasons why you might not be willing to do that. Maybe you fear loss of income. You fear a lack of security. You fear change. Just remember when fear stands between you and the Lord. Remember the truth of Matthew chapter 6, verses 30 through 34. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But here you go. This is the, this is the verse that comes to my mind all the time when I struggle with God's calling in my life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day 
is the evil thereof. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That is, that is the guiding biblical verse that will help guide you in your pursuit of a career calling. How is it God wants me to seek God's kingdom? How does he want me to seek his kingdom on this planet? How has he designed me with what skills, abilities, passions, desires, the people he's introduced me to? If you can just remember to ask yourself that question on a constant basis, how does he want me to seek his kingdom? Then that is going to be perhaps one of the biggest clues, if not the biggest clue, that he will ever show you on which direction you ought to go in when it comes to fulfilling his calling. All right, we've got time for the break. Be sure during this time that you ask yourself the question, how does God want me to seek his kingdom? See you in a few. I'm here with Dan Rundle, CEO of Worthwhile. Dan, why did you and your team decide to build the software that powers Teach Me Morpheus? Part of our vision as a company is building software that's aimed at solving real challenges that exist in the world. And the unique thing about this that really excited us was the opportunity to take people that know a lot about certain topics and match them with people who wanted to learn. The current model is really broken. The content creators, the teachers, they make very little money from that. With Morpheus, we're giving quality content. It's it's for a fee, but it's a it's a nominal fee in the scheme of things. So it's a unique model that solves a problem that's in the market right now that's really exciting. Helping experts profit from their wisdom. Helping online learners gain wisdom inexpensively. That's what TeachMeMorpheus.com, a new online learning platform, can do for you. To learn more, go to TeachMeMorpheus.com and type in referral code HISRADIO. That's TeachMeMorpheus.com, referral code HISRADIO. Only 27% of college grads are working in the career field for which they studied. The average cost of college is a little bit more than 18 grand a year. This means that 73% of college grads waste $75,000 and years of their lives pursuing fields of study they will never use in real life. To learn more about how you or someone you love can use biblical wisdom to avoid the financial and emotional pain of a bad career decision, visit careercallings.net slash discover, careercallings.net slash discover. But our lives aren't just measured in years. They're measured in the lives of people we touch around us. This feels like my calling and my purpose in life. There's something different about this journey that's more heart-connected. Purpose is more than just your core of, of your own self. It's beyond your own identity. Everybody ultimately wants to serve other people. You can have everything in life you want. You'll just help enough other people get what they want. And that little bit of sadness in the morning she spoke of. Perhaps you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. All right, welcome back from the break. Robbie Romeiser with the Career Callings Radio Show, here to help you avoid the financial and emotional pain of a bad career decision by helping you find, prepare for, and pursue the work God created you to do. You can join us today by phone, text, or email. Just to shake things up, I think I'll start with the email address, Robbie at careercallings.net, R-O-B-B-I-E at careercallings.net, and by phone or text at 864-381-7649. That's 864-381-7649. 
49. All right, uh, Maestro, I was pretty heavy in the first segment, I think, with things about uh, dying and funerals and all that stuff. So I think we need to lighten things up just a little bit. So if you don't mind playing our good friend, Johnny Paycheck. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Yes, sir. Johnny, thanks for the word of encouragement there, pal. In case you are looking for some extra income or maybe looking for a way to maybe bridge the gap between where you are and where you think the Lord would have you to be in terms of your career calling, let me give you a few websites that can give you an opportunity to earn a little bit of extra cash and maybe, depending on how things play out, may actually be able to replace a good portion or maybe all of your current income. Fiverr.com is the first website I'd like to point out. Fiverr.com, spelled F-I-V-E-R-R.com, is one of many websites on the web that enable you to earn income through what I guess the average person would call a gig. You're, you're, You're an independent contractor. You're offering yourself online to, to perform any kind of service or or whatnot that you offer. There are people who offer voiceover opportunities, people who offer video creation services, people who offer to draft marketing plans and do this, that, and the other. And they have tens of thousands, actually, I think over hundreds of thousands of suppliers. And you could be one of those suppliers. The whole idea behind Fiverr.com is to offer a a portion of your service for $5 to attract the attention of anybody who might buy your expertise. And then, of course, you can upcharge from beyond that first $5. And to get more details about how that system works, I recommend you log on to Fiverr.com and explore it a little bit because there may just be an opportunity for you to translate your expertise into money in your spare time. A similar type of product is called gigwalk.com. That's spelled G-I-G-W-A-L-K, gigwalk.com. They are really uh, pushing the platform through your smartphones and tablets, both for Android and Apple. So if you're going to participate in gigwalk, you're probably going to live on your smartphone to do it. But the idea behind gigwalk is this, uh, particularly Suppliers like retailers, or I should say customers like retailers, hire people like you and me through the GigWalk platform to maybe walk into a store, take a couple of photos of their products and make sure that that particular retailer is properly displaying their materials. You might They might ask you to count a little bit of inventory for them. Uh, they might ask you just to take photos of, of various and sundry things. GigWalk.com is a free program. You can sign up for free as someone who's willing to take on gigs. And then the uh, program will, will, will push notifications to your phone when a gig that matches your profile comes up in your area. So you'll be ready to go. And those gigs range anywhere from $5 to $100, depending on their complexity and uh, the level of expertise needed to complete them. One more, in case you are a teacher by training or at least very heavily geared to towards that type of um, skill set, tutordoctor.com, tutordoctor.com, T-U-T-O-R, 
and then the word doctor.com is something I learned about recently. And uh, you can actually be a business owner with tutordoctor.com and purchase a franchise, or you can be an employee of tutordoctor.com, which I would imagine is what most people might gravitate towards. And you can you basically would become a tutor of whatever field you are uh, specialized in or trained in. And then as an employee of tutordoctor.com, you would receive assignments to go to homes and actually tutor in-home various and sundry clientele, parents that that uh, maybe hire a tutor to tutor their children. There are plenty of adults who hire these tutors to help them with continuing education. And if you're geared towards either business ownership or entrepreneurship or someone who just wants to be a teacher and to be paid outside the classroom for your expertise, you might want to check out TutorDoctor.com. And that ends our latest Take edition. Take this job and shove it. Oh, Take this job and shove it. All righty, very good. Now, just in case you're looking for some direction on your next career calling, which many of us are from time to time in our lives, uh, I want to just kind of remind you of what we do at Career Callings. One of the things we offer at Career Callings is a career direct assessment that was created by the late Larry Burkett many years ago and offered by Crown Ministries. And what we do is help people go through a very detailed questioning process to help them understand what kinds of gifts and skills and abilities the Lord has given them and help them seek out jobs that and careers that would match that design. Also, part of that process, it really that process begins with the discovery phase, but at the end of the day, you'll come to a point where you're really seeking the Lord's will on whether or not to take a certain kind of job, and you're going to really get to a point where you have to make a decision. And just as a reminder to you, we recently created a video called Biblical Decision-Making, How to Make the Right Decision Every Time, that's designed to help you make that final decision on which direction the Lord would have you go in. And just a quick reminder of what it sounds like, we'll play a little clip about that video for you now. There are many things in life that the Bible speaks clearly on, and it doesn't take a lot of research to discover which path you ought to take in order to please God. But there are many, many matters we have to decide on in life that aren't specifically addressed in the Bible. Like, which job should I take? Which ministry do I volunteer to help with? And is this the person the Lord wants me to marry? When faced with such choices, what should we do? The answer is to follow the decision-making process outlined by the Bible. And here it is. Number one, pray for wisdom. Number two, search the scriptures for the wisdom we prayed for. Number three, seek godly counsel from others. And number four, watch out for the peace, the soul harmony that comes from Christ's direction in the matter. God knows everything and is the source of all wisdom. And the great thing is that he isn't stingy with what he knows. As James 1.5 states, If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God, who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. The problem is that we rarely ask God to tell us what he knows until we've tried everything that we know. Wouldn't it be smarter to start the decision-making process by asking counsel of the one who knows everything already? The answer is yes. So after we ask God to supply us with wisdom, we need to dig for it in the Bible. As Joshua 1.8 teaches, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. And there you go with the first couple of steps in the four-step biblical decision-making process. And you can purchase that video from careercallings.net slash radio or careercallings.net slash videos. 
and uh, learn the entire process. That was about a one-and-a-half-minute clip from a seven-minute video, so there's a lot more detail in that, and all proceeds from those purchases would be um, going to support the Career Callings radio show and the expansion of our mission here. Had a listener named B, who I would call B, call in uh, at our number, 864-381-7649. She's in her early 60s, and she mentioned... Uh, during our conversation that she she has a job and she's got you know food on the table but she was a little bit uh well, just wanted to express to me some of the things she had run into being in her early 60s re- with regard to age discrimination uh she had been a um in one particular field a pharmacy tech for many years and that job ended and she had to find employment elsewhere outside of that field and while she was looking for that, she ran into some age discrimination issues and just just wanted to share those experiences with me, for which I'm grateful. That prompted me to kind of do a little research, and I found an article called How to Fight Age Discrimination on Forbes.com, written by Forbes contributor Carrie Hannon. And I won't be able to go through the entire article, but just a couple of highlights from Carrie Hannon's article I find found interesting and just wanted to share those on the airways for anybody else who might be facing that same kind of world. And really, a lot of times, the, the, the reason why a young person would maybe beat out an older person in the workplace really boils down to pay. That's, everybody understands that. But if we can get past that in a particular job opportunity, it really then boils down to one of two things, enthusiasm versus experience. Now, arguably, younger people who have a little bit more energy, a little bit more drive might be able to edge out us older folks on the enthusiasm scale. But when it comes to experience, that we certainly outweigh the younger folks, so to speak. And a national survey that the author had uh, had uh, referenced in her article that was created by the Fairfax County Economic Development Authority found that the vast majority of workers and employees highly, more highly value in th- uh, experience over enthusiasm. So if it boils down to, if you can get past the pay issue, then experience can very often, if not most of the time, trump enthusiasm. So what um, what uh, Carrie uh, Hannon had recommended, she gave a 10-point set of suggestions to people in their, uh, in their elder years and also their middle-aged years to kind of be keeping in mind as they go after jobs against younger counterparts. Number one, be on top of your game. That was her first suggestion, which means make sure you've done everything you can to keep up with technology and changes in your field. Don't Rest on the knowledge you had that's now 20 years out of date or 10 years out of date. Be sure that you constantly update your core technical skills and knowledge. Number two, look your best. And what she meant by that was be physically fit, look and dress with an eye towards a vibrant, youthful appearance. And if you let yourself go, so to speak, it'll show up when you apply for an interview for jobs. So work work on that, and, and that's something we all have to do, no doubt. Market your age as a plus. Workers 50 years of age and older tend to be self-starters, know how to get the job done, and don't need as much hand-holding as those with less experience. So a great benefit of being older is that you have a good deal of knowledge and leadership ability, and you should promote that in your interviews, and that will definitely attract the attention of the folks that are interviewing you. Um, do something. Right now, if you're in between jobs or, or, or looking for some other place to go, try volunteering at a nonprofit organization and do some pro bono work in a job that taps your skills and keeps your resume up to date at the same time. And for the rest of those tips, go to careercallings.net slash radio and get a link to this article on Forbes. Just remember that when you seek God's career calling for your life, seek the kingdom of God first and everything else will fall into place. God bless. 